you're watching and listening to the Fat Billion Film Club and this is being shot with my new GoPro Hero 7 Black See, it's been years, it's been years GoPro, you need to Who sponsor, sponsor him? You need to sponsor us, me, us uh, uh, So as usual, we watch a local film and we review it and this time we are going to watch Upin dan Ipin Keris Yamang Tunggal Aha uh, what? What was it called? Betul 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 betul. Ah, right. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I will assume you are. Yeah. yeah, I watched three of their films before this. Go on, go on. And Zan is currently adjusting his GoPro, so. Okay. Okay, yeah, so we watched it. Um, it's an animated film, and it is uh, not a spin off, lah. it is one of the films from the Upin and Ipin franchise. Uh, Upin and Ipin was originally a TV series, so it's about these twins boys who are named Upin and Ipin. <laughs> they live in like a kampung. Anyway, that's not what this film is about. So basically it's about, it's, um, it's uh, this franchise, uh, the TV series was very popular, then they had merchandise and then they went into movies. So this is their fourth, fourth I think. movie, yeah. we think. I think uh. um, and it's based on a lot of, well it's not based on that, but it has a lot of Malay folklore references, uh, specifically their characters, and it's about uh, it, it's mythical lah. So it's like by, about this legend of this Keris that Upin and Ipin find in their atok's uh, shed, and it transports them to a magical, mystical land where all these folklore characters live. But they're all living in oppression and suffering because. Their land has been taken over by an evil sorcerer type person who is also a folklore character. Raja Basio. Raja Basio. And um, they basically use the Chris or sort of get the Chris to the right person, the hero, to save the land. Lah. All of this happens very accidentally because they don't really know what's happening most of the time. <laughs> yeah. So we, what did you we, like, we like, like the, the story. Uh, it's the story. Good storytelling. <laughs> uh, very exciting. You know, you watch it. Uh, it's a bit scary at first. Yeah, it's very, very scary for kids, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, this Raja Bisiyong character is no joke. Which in the folklore he is a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, very effective, uh. Yeah. I mean, all these folklores are supposed to scare children anyway, like si tanggang. You, you know, your derhaka to your mother, you get yeah, turned into stone. Yeah, I agree with like that. that. So so yeah, but but you know, I, I like the film. It was it was very exciting. It it reminded me of when I was younger. I wanted to go on adventures and things like that, like watching the three investigators. So it was good. Uh, uh, and Upin and Ipin has always had a history of uh, being very good story, ha- having very, very good, good storytelling, story especially the TV series. Mm. Uh, and their first movie, Gang, the movie was excellent. Mm. 
this one is good still doesn't beat the first one the first one was excellent the one before this was uh, I mentioned to you it was so sell out <laughs> it was a half animated half live action and but all product placement everywhere. everywhere so it's Transformers especially uh, yeah it's <laughs> like yeah it's like Transformers it's like yeah stupid lah and it was horrible so storytelling mm. also was very bad but now they get to see that they're back to good storytelling but uh, but it was too full chock-a-block of activities and in action that I felt that it was no breather uh, it was very tiring to watch but I don't know we're adults yeah. I feel like kids would enjoy it lah because it's very like you said lah very exciting mm. a lot of things are happening and then um, I don't think kids are very good at following plot unless something is happening but I don't know if this is a good thing for children or not yeah because, because then you're just encouraging their short attention yeah short attention just like yeah. you, that's why I, I don't like the kids watching Disney Channel because Disney Channel all their shows yeah they don't Disney exactly Channel. they don't uh, last time when I had Astro I would say no you cannot watch Disney Channel because the shows are all like that mm. one after another it is very uh, that's why I like Charlie and Lola very calm very calming you know, uh, but I don't know if it's good for their mental health, lah, children. But anyway, <laughs> other than that, other than that, it's it's well, very interesting. Well, I mean, entertainment value is high. Yeah, it's very entertaining. And it's, it's got a good story. It's great that they incorporate all the Malay folklore yeah, and all it's that. Yeah, it's got it's got yeah. nice Malay folklore. It's got like a bit of a wayang kulit thing also. Mm, oh yeah, that was, music, that was quite the music, nice. The music, the music, music is good. Music was good. Yeah. Um, they've got this one character that I really liked, which was the panglima, who also sings, and he's just like so suave. And yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Another thing that I, I one thing that would probably kill the good storytelling for me was the racism. The racism. Uh now gang the movie, the first one, was very nice. Wait, wait, for context. Mm. Upin and Ipin live in a couple. Yeah. yeah. So, so they have all of these friends who are of different races. Mm. Okay, continue. So uh, gang so the movie. Upin yes. Upin and Ipin has been a TV series that has been trying to promote Kampong Life. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I was in Patani, uh, Southern Thailand, shooting my documentary, the Malays there felt like the Thai government was trying to take away their culture, right? Mm. Uh, and but they they were trying to hang on to it. And one of the things that they would allow their children to watch was Upin and Ipin, mm. because it showed them true, authentic Kampong Life, mm. and they wanted that, mm. which they couldn't get, you know, uh, mm. because of the Thai assimilation process. Mm. Uh, so Open Happen has always had that agenda la. Mm. but Gang and the TV series is also quite okay because they had multiracial friends mm. in the kampong, you know? And And it wasn't race. It wasn't race yeah, it wasn't like like The race races. was secondary la. Yeah. yeah. Like this it's one more about just them having fun and going on adventures. Yeah. And in this movie, in this particular movie, you had these The like, same friends, but token characters. All... So they suddenly... No, actually they're different friends really. Oh, different friends yeah. already, they, they, they don't have the Indian boy anymore oh. who likes to ride a cow and calls the cow sapi and all that. No more already. Oh. You know? So now it's this Punjabi kid and this Who's Chinese like, girl. Who's so token. Yeah, the Punjabi guy doesn't... The Punjabi boy doesn't say anything but... I think oh, one oh, of the oh, kids oh, are oh, like oh. this Malaysian also. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, quite not... And then there's this Chinese girl who, who constantly says ma, ma at the end of every sentence that she speaks. She says... Uh, bukan macam tu ma kita Which kena pergi sana really ma you know I, I, well <laughs> a lot of them do but this is racial stereotyping for media yeah and this becomes like cultural imperialism and if you're showing it to yeah. children it's wrong it's probably not very healthy for them to learn that yeah so to me 
it felt like and it was a very Ubin racist Ubin, element. And Ubin and Ipin is such a massively consumed mm. uh, medium, you know. Yeah. So they really need to take responsibility for the kind of um, message and the kind of ideologies that yeah. they portray. Up. But uh, while I do agree that it is wrong and that they shouldn't be racist, I feel that Upin and Ipin has also always been a little bit culturally imperialist in the sense that they are always driving a kind of Malay agenda. Yep. So and we should not encourage that. We should not encourage that. We're not condoning that at all here in Fat Bidin. But this film definitely was um, quite heavily geared towards the yeah. Your heroes are Malay. Um, Malay folklore characters were also Malay, and they were. I mean, you have Malay folklore characters that are not Malay, right? You know, Ching Ho, Hang Ipo. So, um, but these were no. These were all very. Yeah. Like Malayu driven And um, I Don't really know If it was Intentional I don't really know I mean if you've already Crafted out the story That way I get it That you want to use The folklore and everything But like you said la, You could have still Portrayed the Other race characters Better You could have Fleshed them out better But um, If your The purpose was to Just drive one Particular Malay agenda They really definitely Succeeded la, Because I, I, it was Truly quite Malayu from my experience with Les Kopak, I can say that it is intentional mm. uh, because I was hired as a freelance director to, to direct a, a show for them. I only lasted a few weeks because I, I could sense that, that ultra-Malay agenda. Yeah, and uh, the, yeah, very cultural imperialism, very Malay supremacist kind of uh, uh, agenda that they have. La. And I, I, I immediately quit after a few weeks and I, I, I just couldn't take it. Right, uh, and like I said, you want to preserve, you want to preserve a culture is fine. You want to, you know, we're all for preserving yeah, the preserving culture, culture encourage cultural like you need to pride and all that. It's 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 yeah. fine, but you don't be racist about yeah, you it. You don't need to be racist yeah. to preserve your culture because and to be proud of your heritage. As much as you know, we look at the Malaysian media industry and we think that it's still there's still a lot more. You know, progression that can be done. We've also come a long way because, mm. like, 20, 30 years ago, we had shows like Pimai Pimai Tantu, which was a great show at that time. Um, had a lot of these stereotypical token characters mm. from other races, like a Chinese hairdresser, an Indian comical taxi driver. You know, and we've moved away from that. You know, yeah. uh, and now with with this movie coming out and bringing that back I, for children, some more. Mm. Uh, yeah, I. I kind of don't agree lah and that to me kind of trumps the good storytelling as well lah and again you know? it is a massively consumed franchise and that's the danger and that is the danger because yeah. if this is the kind of message that you're choosing to spread to your mass audience they've already made like 4 million in the first week I think at least 4 million and uh, you know you can already imagine how many people have seen it and sort of um Bought into it lah, in a way, yeah. subconsciously or otherwise. So we need to so. we, we need to send a message to them. I want to say hurt them where it hurts most, which is their pockets, but apparently it's made some money already. Let's not give them more money. <laughs> you know? So I would say don't watch this film. I would tell them to make a better film lah the next time. I yeah. mean, take into account all the cultural sensitivities of other people, not just yourselves, you know. 
there's more to Malaysia than just people. But what is funny is if you look at the ending credits, a lot of uh, non-Malay names in there. Like, oh my god, yeah. so many non-Malay people worked on this. They but are, they were, they were many the technical people, the, no? The sound, the, the music and yeah. everything is all by sound, uh, Chinese uh, dude. And, uh, and, and the, the animation, mm. the technical lah. But the storytelling is still There's even Malay a la. Bangkok branch or something, right? Okay, so storytellers have to be responsible for the kind of messages that they put into their narratives. Um, and we felt like, even though this film was entertaining, and even though the story was great, and even though it was great that they incorporated a lot of heritage and a lot of culture, the message was still quite underlying the racist. And that was also portrayed in their non-Malay characters. So would you tell people to watch it? No, do not go and watch this movie. Do not encourage them. Do not enable them. Uh, I would say, I don't. I don't even want to be nice and say give them a chance to make another film. Just Why? stop. Just stop. Uh, but you like Whooping and Nipping. Uh, no, I don't like it. I think it's good. Uh, but I don't. I don't watch it. You know what I mean. Yeah. I don't even let the kids watch it. Yeah, they can true. watch it if they want. I don't. F- the TV series. I don't feel like there is any danger in them watching it. Mm. But I'm not like, hey, Super Pen, you should watch this. No. Mm. Yeah. And Athena watches it because in school the BM teacher plays it for them sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I personally would tell you to go and make your own judgment, but don't bring your kids. Because I think your kids will get a lot night terrors and kids are not as critically they can't think as critically as adults do. Unless you are also quite like a ultra kind of adult then maybe you shouldn't watch it also. Because <laughs> then it'll just enable you further to be a racist asshole. But then we're telling them that they already would want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> win la like this. <laughs> if you have half a brain and you can think for yourself and sort of like make proper assessments then go and watch it lah, okay but either way yeah so if you have seen it and you have something to tell us like if you don't think it's a racist film please let us know let us so know. that we can shit on you in the next episode <laughs> he'll shit on you yeah. I yeah I might a shit on anyone who's racist <laughs> Okay. Okay, so follow us on all our so social media. <laughs> like this video if you like it. Thumbs down if you don't like it. Subscribe. <laughs> or follow us on all our social media platforms at FatBidin. Or go to FatBidin.com to get everything. I'm assuming I'm Zan Azli. And I'm Shell. It was the one. Say no to racism. Hey, if you want to learn how to become an independent filmmaker or a filmmaker in general, uh, I've got a book which I wrote uh, with a buddy of mine. Uh, it's called uh, Zan Azli and Wan Chun Hong's Guide to Indie Filmmaking. You can actually buy it off of uh, here. I'm going to put the link down here at my, my website, fatbidin.com. It's only a couple of ringgit uh, and it's really good because it has many, many different chapters, the process of filmmaking and each chapter I interview uh, a Malaysian filmmaker who gives advice and tips of, uh, yeah, from their experience. So, yeah. Yay, link is down here. Yay.